Here we go, our three great day for talk radio, and uh, we've got our roundtable assembled. Well, it's three quarters of a round table. Uh, our friend Buzz Hargrove is MIA. He's Triangular table. Yes, it, it is. And Buzz is off at uh, Ryerson's uh, Ted Rogers School of Management, where he is the distinguished visiting prof, so he's not with us today. However, we do have the eminent one, Ernie Eves, former premier and finance minister here in the province, who joins us every Wednesday. Ernie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, John? Good, too. Thanks. And John Turley, at risk management consultant, specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Street's Johnny, how about you? Very well, thank you. Good. Well, you know, when it comes to business, I guess uh, Doug Ford signaling, you know, his government is a pro-business one with an agenda to follow. He announced today freezing the minimum wage or maintaining it at $14, but not going beyond that come January 1, when it was slated to go to 15 as you know, under the Win Liberals, and uh, also eliminating... Uh, some payroll taxes, a 30% reduction in uh, WSIB premiums because the unfunded liabilities have now been reconciled. This under your friend and former colleague, Elizabeth Whitmer, who was seconded in that role, Ernie. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, is that a happy day all around? I mean, well, uh, I think it is for medium and small size businesses, for sure. I mean, I was listening to Rocco Rossi earlier, and uh, I think he's bang on, you know, for a lot of smaller businesses. He was in Halliburton at a meeting, the chamber the other day, and most of the businesses had three employees or less. This is a huge deal to them. It make, makes a big, big difference. And same thing with, you know, with um, the WSIB premiums. I mean, once the the amount is paid that's required or the funds are in place, I don't see any need to keep nicking the business community. Well, yet I had Tabins on last hour from the NDP. Oh, I, let me guess what he said. Well, <laughs> yes, it was a diametrically opposed position where he said, you know, this is just the government giving more breaks to a business and on the backs of the workers. Who and can, we you know, hate those small business people that employ people. That well, care. all right. I, you know, and this is what I tried to present to him, the idea that you've got to maintain some kind of balance. And if you skew, skew it too far in one direction, obviously, it's uh, going to be injurious. And you don't want to injure business because they're the ones who hire people. Correct. All right. So, John, on this matter, $14, is it, a, you know, the idea people need a living wage. Do you believe that a minimum wage is a root out of poverty? Uh, you know, a good job, good education, good opportunity is a root out of poverty. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I know it's cliche, but, you know, the best social program is a job. And one of my concerns about raising uh, minimum wages uh, up 33%, which the Liberals were proposing to do, is that you would eliminate the, those first-step opportunities for people at the lower rung of the workforce, that being people who are new to Canada and maybe don't have the English language skills that uh, they, they need to progress through the workforce right now, and also for young people getting their first job. And that's a part that's lost on the NDP and, and some of those folks who support this. And more importantly, $15, if you're talking about a living wage, is a rather arbitrary number. Why not 50? Why not 25? Why not 100? You know, like, you know this whole point about a living wage, uh, you know, misses, I think, one of the key things in our economy. And that is you, we have to be able to create jobs so that people can progress through uh, into higher uh, making uh, jobs as, as time goes on. Th this is just not something that I think people think about. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I told Peter Tabbins in that regard, when you talked about the arbitrary nature of setting it at $15, the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, which is a left-wing think tank, believes $18.65 is roughly a better figure. So here's a question I asked, though. What's the return on, on risk or on capital that a small person, a small business person or a small enterprise, medium enterprise puts into this? What return should they get? 
What would be fair in, in Peter Tabbins and, and the NDP's view on that? So should they get 2%, 1%, 0%? What should be that return? I'm curious, because that's a question they never actually answer. And I can tell you one thing. You can go to New York State for 10 years and have a tax holiday, and I can assure you you're going to get a lot more than 2% return uh, on your investment down there. Being competitive, creating opportunities, and ensuring people, uh, ensuring that we have a strong tax base, which comes out of creating new jobs, which ensures that ensuring that we're competitive, that's how we do that. All right. In fairness to Peter, he's not here to defend himself. I just wanted to offer a counterpoint. <laughs> well, Buzz wasn't here, so. No. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Yeah, but, but here's the other thing. The, the, the Moulton character who you have on before is uh, right, every Moulton. week. Dan Moulton. Uh, right. Dan Moulton. Uh, you know, he goes on about, well, you know, businesses should be able to pay the $15. Well, you know, he, he walks around the annex and looks at Microsoft and Google and all those big businesses. Go north. Go up to Kinmount. Go up to places like that in uh, uh, the and look at places trying to create business there. I mean, good luck. That's where you have to think about the impact on that. And I know that one business that I'm, I'm involved in outside of the work I do it has had a real impact on, on young students. We just haven't hired as many and you have much fewer hours now and you give more hours to the full-time people. Well, this, this was the anecdotal kind of evidence I was citing, because I hear it every day uh, sitting here in the catbird seat that small businesses are, in fact, impacted. But the rejoinder to that was government is already subsidizing with all kinds of breaks and even lower taxes. Now, uh, be that as it may, it's a subjective thing, interpretation of whether the taxes are low enough. Uh, but that's what he had said when I challenged him on that. So I just want your response to that. Do you think that the businesses are already getting enough of a break through government subsidies and tax breaks and things like that? Well, I don't know what subsidies he's talking about, but I'll tell you one thing. Um, our, our small business tax uh, is approximately, well, 15%, depending on what, you know, provincial and federal bring that together. But remember, there's also taxes that you pay on your payroll. There's also incredible energy costs that you have to run. The operating costs in this province now are are nuts because the, the, the hydro rates have gone through the roof. So if you're talking about taxes, look at the full suite of taxes that you have to pay. Look at how much someone a small business has to pay and take that into consideration because that small business tax that he talks about is just one tiny element of that. All right. Well, you know, there's a whole lot of other things that we can sort of dovetail off into insofar as how this province is managing these files because uh, i did start by asking if this is a pro-business thing that doug ford is uh heralding and uh, you're both in agreement as far as that's concerned look if there's one more dissenting voice on this it has to do with the ndp who are saying that uh this is the wsib 30 percent reduction in the premiums being paid by employers is now done on the backs of injured workers in other words, uh, they're getting shortchanged in this, Ernie. And uh, when it was cited to me that, well, maybe because Rocco had said this, uh, they had over-contributed to begin with, they're contributing too high an amount. Do you think that there's any, uh, well, what do you say to that uh, response or allegation that this is done, this break for the uh, the businesses on 30% reduction of WSIB premiums done on the inj- uh, the backs of the injured? Oh, I don't think it's done on the backs of injured workers as long as there's funded liability there. That, that's what the whole point was for the increased premiums to start with, to take care of unfunded liability. But now that that's been dealt with, they can go back to where they probably should have been in the first place. So I don't see anything. Look, I'd be the first person to defend injured workers and making sure that they got the benefits that they deserved. But that's not what this is about. That that's an easy, you know, political 
spin, I suppose, that you can throw out there. It's like when you start talking about healthcare and they talk about... Uh, but it's you, cynical, you, you, you know. Universality. It's, yes, it's, it's very a, it's cynical. It's a cynical approach to, to an issue. You had unfunded liability. You fixed it. And so when you fix a problem, typical NDP, let's keep taxing the business person with high premiums just to put it to them, to stick it to them, or to pretend that this somehow is, is going to be done on the back of workers. And that's a part that's really despicable because, you know, one of the things the NDP has forgotten is, I would argue, the working class in this province. All, all they do is drink lattes, talk about the environment, and ride their bicycles. What about the person who wants to get a job? <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, you sort of painted a pretty graphic picture of people in my own neighborhood, come to think of it. All right, with John Turley, Ewart, and Ernie Eves, uh, let's just continue. It's good thing they're not in government. You have to build a whole new bicycle racks. Yeah. <laughs> that could be coming, Ernie. Uh, weren't you condemned for not doing that? Listen, uh, when you, you were condemned, when you left power, uh, this was back in 2002, uh, the McGinney government at the time suggested that, well, we didn't know what the books were, and uh, what an eye-opener. They're far worse than we had thought. Well, it turns out Doug Ford has uh, more or less suggested, or and Vic Fideli uh, said the same thing, although $15 billion of a deficit uh, does lead us to wonder uh, who the Dickens, and 55% increase in the costs of government just from your time in office uh, up until, and this is like, you know, the overall expense of the budget was what? Uh, I don't know. 80, this is day-to-day expenditures. They've virtually doubled the amount of spending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, it's 55% 15 increase in 15 years. How do we get out of this hole? I mean, that uh, McGinney and Wynne have dug us. Well, you start learning how to say no to start with uh, if you're in the government. Uh, I think that the, the current government is now in the exercise of reducing spending by uh, 4%, I would suggest they could easily do 5%. Um, I think that has to be done. I think it can be done without affecting delivery of a lot of services or virtually any services in the province of Ontario. You know, when you increase spending as much as they did over the last 15 years, there's a lot of fat that grows in the system. There are a lot more civil servants probably working today than there were before. Uh, when you look at health care, no one would suggest, at least I wouldn't suggest, that we should be looking at laying off nurses or doctors or physicians or technicians or any of those people. But there's a lot of bureaucracy in the hospital administration in this province that could be looked at and dealt with. I think that there's many examples of that throughout the entire system in virtually every ministry in government. And I think any, any minister worth their salt can find 5% saving. Well, you know, last time we spoke, John, I guess uh, you had brought up if there's one ministry that they could really uh, easily target, it would be colleges and universities. Well, yeah, I, I certainly said that. And I said that in the context of the politics right now. You know, people want health care. They want to have good uh, elementary schools and high schools. But the colleges and universities, particularly some of our universities, uh, you know, I give Laurier as an example where the president talks about better speech as opposed to free speech. People have real, real doubts about what kind of value they're getting out of that and what their, what their, their kids are, are learning when they go to get a, a BA. And when they graduate, are they actually going to have jobs? And I, you know, there's no doubt that you know degrees in philosophy are extremely important. Uh, but Kierkegaard isn't going to program, uh, you know, a, a Microsoft thing for you, is it? <laughs> okay. Tell me where uh, you really stand. 
Very good. Uh, that would be the philosopher Kierkegaard. Uh, <laughs> I, I learned because I took the course in university. Look what How it valuable. did for me. Yeah, exactly. I'm here with you guys. <laughs> I, I should be a Ryerson with Buzz. Uh, all right. In the Ted Rogers School of Management. All right. Let's come back and discuss further in our roundtable some of the things that are roiling the province. This commission of inquiry that uh, Doug Ford has also tasked as of Monday, uh, whether it'll drill down and we'll learn anything of consequence, we'll find out from Ernie and John Turley Ewart in a moment on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.